on, everybody? Travis Took here with my very good friend, Michael White. Hello, hello. Michael, thank you for doing this so much. Man, I've been wanting to do this for a while. I love your story. You're the owner of Real Energy Solutions and Ready Every Second. Your success story is very inspiring. Uh, we know each other through the martial arts, so I think we share a lot of you know commonality in, uh, in our passion for that. But I, I really want you to just kind of talk about you know your story, your background, because we sort of have a similar story. Like I started teaching martial arts because I really had a desire to do it, but very little resources. I started in my dad's garage back in 2005, and you and a friend started in a living room yep. a long time ago too. Correct. And you know now you've built an amazing business. And I want to talk about that, but I also want to talk about how you've taken you know the you know taking it to the philanthropy side of things, mm -hmm. and how you continue to motivate yourself after you've you've built the business up but mm -hmm. take us back to like the like the early days when you first started like what was it like yeah so for sure so I'll, I'll back it up a little bit because you know the passion and the drive to make it through the hard times of the early days it, it, it really starts back in my childhood so i was raised by a single mom uh, we lived in a, a little green trailer. We slept on the same bed. Uh, I was the first person in my family to even graduate high school. You know, for me, I started working when I was 15 at Sonic. I convinced them to to hire me on uh, before you were 16 because I was like, man, I'll outwork everybody. So I went from Sonic to Sam's to kind of work my way up. Eventually, I convinced a bank to give me a shot. Started as a teller, worked my way up through the bank. Um, was able to get positions that they said you needed a degree for. I didn't have a degree. I spent about five years, became an officer of the bank in the treasury management department. And um, I was doing well and I was making you know good money, uh, but regardless of how good of a job I would do, you know I would get all these thank yous and letters for customer service, but my checks were the same. So I was like, man, I wanna be able to have an opportunity to where the effort that I put in, the work that I put in, um, can can show on what I you know what I bring home, but I was always I always had a perception of salespeople. I'm like I don't want to be a salesperson. I'm like I want to I want to. They're slimy. There's 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 sleaze bags. Like I'm not gonna be that guy. I want to want to go to bed at night feeling good about myself. Well, deregulation um, in 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 Texas happened, which basically uh, the government uh, they changed the law where people now had a choice on who they want to use for electricity. So people were gonna switch either way. It was introduced to me and it was uh, basically a new opportunity that I had. And at the time uh, when my business partner and I started, which was August of 2007, uh, I was walking away from uh, more security and money than I ever had made in my life at the time, which now looking back, it's peanuts to what to what we've been able to accomplish. But at the time, um, it was it was everything to me. I had just bought a house, uh, had uh, recently uh, we had our second child uh, who was uh, two years old. My daughter was four. So I had a lot of reasons not to take risks and not to step out. Um, but when we started, basically, uh, in 2007 in his living room, you know, it was there was a lot of passion and drive. Uh, and really, my back was against the wall. I wanted to uh, accomplish something great and do something great. So uh, I guess to answer your question, um, when we first started, I mean, it was just me and my business partner, Jeff Nowling, in his living room. We were the secretaries. We were the janitors. We, we did everything. We, we made the sales. We, uh, we did everything. And, and, and we had a, a vision and a desire to, to build a culture and to build something special. And uh, it's been quite a journey.
I want to back up for a second. You said you grew up in the, the green trailer. Um, my the, ta- the trailer that I grew up in was kind of tan, but it was still <laughs> single wide, shared a bed with my brother, and it was a two-bedroom, one-bath. And a lot of people, I think, would argue that that's a disadvantage because, well, you don't have the resources, you don't have the money, you know, the help from people to get started. And I think it can be looked at that way. Mm-hmm. Um, but I argue the opposite. I, I think it's an advantage yep. if you approach it with the right mindset because you become resourceful very quickly. Yep. Is that something you always had or, you know, how often did you have to kind of reach out for help or dig deep to get through the lack of resources early on? Yeah, I think, um, you know, my mom instilled in me from an early age to, uh, to work hard, uh, to be honest, and not being handed things, you have to work for things. It's either that or, or, I mean, you die. I mean, what do you do? You have to really, really earn it. So that, that work ethic, I think, was instilled in me since I was young. If you want it, you got to go out there and get it. And I wouldn't change those things. Those are character-building moments. And the truth is, is when you're a kid, it's not bad. Like, you don't know. In other words, right. it's, that's just a, life. <laughs> I didn't have a bad childhood. I enjoyed it. Drink from the water it. hose and it's fine. <laughs> Drink from the water hose. Now, <laughs> these kids got to have filtered everything, but that's another story. Um, so it's it's not bad when you're a kid, but as you look back, you're like, wow, we really did. We really did struggle at times. Um, but it, it helped uh, make me the man I am today. And, and I would not change those things. So now you have kids of your own and how do you, how do you take the new environment mm-hmm. that they're in? Mm-hmm. Cause they don't, they don't have to have those struggles yes. by nature of the financial situation. Uh, but when I look at them, you know, especially like Micah just had his first fight, mm-hmm. one in impressive fashion. Mm-hmm. When I talk to him, it's eye contact, mm-hmm. firm handshake, mm-hmm. very, you know, yes, sir. Oh, thank you. Mm-hmm. You know, how do you instill those values and those struggles onto the children that they don't have to have? Because I think that, I think that's really important. Mm-hmm. There are kids that, like you know, the expression when you have you have parents say like, "Man, I want to I want to make it so my kids don't have to struggle," mm-hmm. and then later you realize it's like, but they they need they a certain need amount. Yeah. yeah, they really yeah. do. Um, what's your what's your thought? Man, on that's that? a great question, and it's something I've, I've pondered a lot myself because I'm like, okay. I look back at my life and there's all these these moments that built character and, and defined who I am. And I'm like, okay, well, I'm not going to sell our home and go move into a trailer so my kids can you know, have that <laughs> same experience or whatever. Like but one I, trailer is good enough. Yeah, yeah, You're exactly. Good, yeah. But but I think I think it, it's a balance. Uh, part of it is is me continually telling them my story, where I came from. Another part of it is is getting them outside of the bo- their box and and making sure they're um, involved in communities and areas to give back. Um, you know, one of my goals was before each one of my kids was 18 to take them, uh, to a third world country, uh, you know, on a missions trip, uh, or, or somewhere where they can, they can see what the world's like. So I was able to do that. My daughter, uh, she went with my wife to Africa. I took my son Micah to India, um, and really just get out there and see what the world's like. I mean, these are people that, uh, having clean water on a day-to-day basis, you know, or, or basic shelter and food, it makes a difference. So combining that with with really, um, you know, obviously teaching them the importance of honor and respect and those things, I mean, it, it never ends. You know, I don't know if you ever really look back and say, man, I raised my kids right, but you, you try to do the best you can. And it's it's a complicated it's a complicated question, what you're yeah. asking. You know, I don't know if we, we anybody has it figured out, but I think it's the balance of, of not having to say, you know what, you have to be just how I was 
Um, they have their own path. They have their own set of struggles. Knowing that it's okay that they have nice things, but at the same time, keeping them grounded and not letting them get an ego. Man, I think it's so important. I think that's awesome too that you take like took them to a third world country because you know growing up even you know even growing up like in a trailer park or having some struggles, it's still different mm -hmm. than growing up in poverty mm -hmm. in a third world country. For sure. And I think to realize how how good we had it growing up even you know even considering it may have been on the lower end of the you know american economy mm -hmm. it's like look you you have to realize what you have to be grateful for because yeah. you kind of hit you know we all hit the jackpot being born into a land where there is opportunity Absolutely. to come from very little and still chase your dreams and, and do what you want. No, for sure. What, what were some of the struggles when you first started? Again, you started, um, electricity, energy had been deregulated mm -hmm. and you and your partner started in the living room. Did you know it was going to work? <laughs> I don't think you, I, you know, I'm a very optimistic person. So, um, you really, really obviously want it to work, but as far as knowing that it's going to work, you don't know it's going to work. Um, what I did know though, is I had already gone the other route. I had already, uh, been through um, corporate America, seeing what that could do for me, and I was ready for a change. And and I know if you don't, if you don't take the risk, the answer is for sure certain you're going to fail. To me, going for something and coming up short is not failure. It's it's progress. It's learning. So, whether it was exactly the way we uh, thought it was going to be initially, or whether we're going to have to adjust 20 times to get there, I was determined to get there. But yeah, there's there's always that risk for sure. What do you do now? So obviously you have, I'm sure you have benchmarks and goals that you mm -hmm. that you set, and you reach them or you adjust along the way. Um, but going from that time till now, you've obviously mm -hmm. reached the first several goals and mm -hmm. continue to mm -hmm. grow. What's your kind of mindset when it comes to resetting your goals and keeping yourself motivated? Yeah. Um, because I, you know, I hear about really successful people that. Um, that burn out and they just walk mm -hmm. away or, or they seemingly lose their, their focus. It does become mm -hmm. a, a chasing, a money chasing game. And, mm -hmm. and that's why I like what I see with you because you're, you're so, I feel like as soon as you really got to a, a stable point, you mm -hmm. immediately branched out into how your success can transfer and help the people mm -hmm. around you. Mm -hmm. At what point did you start realizing that that was a goal of yours? I think to answer your first question, uh, for me, uh, you know, when it comes to sustaining the success is just, I've always felt like and known that complacency kills, meaning I have a fear of slowing down. It's like complacency is like this big pit bull right on my heels. And I'm like, man, if I slow down, I was taught a long time ago by a mentor, if you're not growing, you're dying, yep. which means, Hey man, how you doing? Oh, I'm hanging in there dying. Hey man, how's it going? Oh, I'm just getting by dying. So it's like, if you're not growing, you're dying. So growth, it has to be continual. And I have a fear of the moment I stop growing, I'm going to begin to die. The other part to that is, you know, people think the higher you move up, the easier it is. You know, there's another saying, it's heavy is the head that wears the crown. Um, for me, I feel a responsibility, obviously, to my family, uh, you know, number one. But in addition to that, all the people that have bought into the business, are bought into the vision of any organization that I'm a part of, um, they're looking to me to be at the forefront, to go out there, uh, to lead by example. So there's there's a, a pressure, and, and I think pressure is good for us. We need pressure, but there's a pressure to continue to bring it every day for those people who believe in what you're pitching. 
Right. So those those things keep keep me going. I I feel the same way to make a a jujitsu comparison. Mm-hmm. There's um there's sometimes this idea that when you reach black belt you've arrived. Mm. You know, like you're mm-hmm. well now you're you're an expert and an expert because mm-hmm. you're labeled as an expert because sure. that's what the black belt means culturally and across mm-hmm. all different styles. And I feel and I tell this story a lot. Obviously, I learned a ton from white belt to blue belt, the first belt, mm-hmm. uh, because I knew nothing. And then I went to learning something. But I feel I've learned far more from day one black belt to now wow. than I have from blue belt to day one black belt. Wow. And that's a lot of belts in between. And the black belt, they say it's the last, you know, the last belt you ever wear. Um, but it's so important that the the day after anything, the, the next day after a competition, a success or failure, a belt, a promotion, you're, you're already analyzing, looking toward the next thing that you can uh, that you can accomplish. For sure. I was talking with uh, kids the other day. It was like a, like a career day thing, and I know a, a big part of what they talk about with them is degrees, a college mm-hmm. degree. Mm-hmm. And I think that's kind of a label in, in that world. Like, we'll get your degree so then you can have a job. And yes. I'm like, not really, yes, not now. Exactly. It's like, you. No. what are you going to do when that entire company goes under? Do you have the, you know, the skill set to go and grow? Mm-hmm. So there's always challenges. And I think the continued drive and continued education has been the most important thing for me because I don't have a college degree, yeah. but I'm, I'm knocking out, I'm trying to knock out like three books a month just to, awesome. just to keep, you know, to keep for ahead sure. of the curve. Sure. So obviously you started to grow and, and you continue to, to rise. Has it been a straight line up or have you? Because <laughs> I, think, I think that's what people see sometimes with, with a successful person. It's like, well, you just, you just know how to do it no. and you're smiling. And no. like, what kind of walls have you hit and how did you push through? All them? the time. I mean, uh, I, think, I think one thing that, that is important, it's vital for people to know that are on the verge of wanting to try something or go for something new is like, you have to know up front that failure is a part of it. Like there's not, there's not a way to do it without experiencing failure. Um, th- that's just a part of the process. And, and, and what I mean by that is for every one idea that comes about, for every thing that somebody sees you in the spotlight doing right, there's 10, 20, 30 other times you tried and it didn't work out. You know what I mean? So that's just a part of it though. Like, People, I feel like what holds people back sometimes is they want to wait till they have the perfect everything, the perfect business plan, the perfect idea, the perfect website, the perfect title, the perfect slogan, the perfect, all of these things. When the reality is, is if every objection had to first be answered, nothing great would ever be accomplished. Meaning some of the things you're only going to figure out when you start and you jump out there, you know? So when you talk about, is it a, a continual climb up? It's never like that. It's, it's. Three steps up, one step down. Two steps up, four steps down. Five steps up. That's just a part of the process. And um, as soon as you're okay with that, it, it, it's really more encouraging just to go for it, you know. And eventually, you'll figure it out. Yeah, uh, I think it's so important what you said about you know waiting for the perfect circumstance mm-hmm. because you can do that with anything. You can mm-hmm. do that with a fitness goal. Mm-hmm. You can do that with a relationship goal. <clears throat> with business, it's a it's just a myth. Mm-hmm. The idea of having a perfect business plan or website because even if you looked at it and came to the conclusion that it was all perfect in a year's time it will be outdated and change so the only way you know to do it i feel like is to jump in get messy and 
make the failures quickly mm-hmm. so that you one build a tolerance to failure mm-hmm. and then learn how to overcome it a little bit faster sure. each time. How do you put on the face that you have to put on when you're <laughs> having the worst day that life can throw at you? Like, no, I think like, because I have those days and I got to come teach and I'm like, I can't walk in and, and answer the question of like, Hey coach, how you doing? Like, Oh God, let me tell you. <laughs> no, because that's not what they are there for. And that's in right. your position, you're, you've got to motivate your team to yeah. motivate their team. Yeah. I mean, it's many tiers working together. And if the the leader of the organization is is showing his doubt or frustration yeah. or concern, then everyone's going to feel that. That's right. Um, is that just practice or? Yeah, I mean, you, you have to have a game face when it comes to your people. And it's not about faking it. It's just about being a professional. Um, you know, it's important that you're able to to have that game face with your people, whether that's fake it till you make it or whatever it is, um, it's important. They're dependent on you for stability, you know, for clarity. And, you know, it's important that your people don't see you shaking. Now, it's not that you can't be human or things like that, but at the same time, um, you have to really lead by example. One one principle that, that we've always taught here that's that's helped us a lot is if you're there, be there. Meaning, if you're at home, be at home. If you're at work, be at work. But if you're at work and you're thinking about all the problems you have at home, both are going to suffer. Um, so, you know, same, same thing. Whenever you're, when work's over and you go home for the day, leave it all there, go home, be a good husband or a good wife or boyfriend or girlfriend or whatever it is. Um, and work will be there when you go there the next day. Otherwise what happens is every part of your life, it starts to seep into the other, uh, you go home and you throw up about work and all these frustrations or whatever, uh, and it just leads to more frustrations. Whereas if you just leave it at work uh, or when you're at work, you leave home at home, it really helps you be in the moment um, and really focus and give it the attention that it deserves. Good stuff, man. Well, uh, last thing I want to talk about, you said you're either growing or you're dying, which I, I love that because I, I feel that too. And it's it's tough. I I think by nature myself and a lot of people are complacent it feels good temporarily to relax and get comfortable and but i think in 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 a position of responsibility like a business owner you immediately feel the anxiety of it mm-hmm. so having that next goal is super important where you're at now what what are you working on now what are some of your upcoming projects so, so the higher you i guess the higher you climb the mountain um the longer the, the, the undertakings can be. So the project we're working on now, it's been going on for several years, uh, which is becoming our own provider. So what we do is we, we sell for other electric providers, but we've, we've really been the last three years working very hard to become our own retail electric provider and REP, just like a Reliant or TX or what have you. Uh, and the name of that REP is going to be Kinetic. So we're really excited about that. That's something that should be launching in 2020. Do you have a website for that? Not yet. Okay. <laughs> but it should be launching in 2020. So it'll allow us to really continue with RES, but just have both sides of the business and we can sell for our own electric provider instead of somebody else's. So definitely excited about that. All right. And uh, last, last question. No, you're good. When is, uh, when's your, when's your son Micah fighting again? Oh, because man, I, I've known him since he was a kid yeah. and worked with him and he was a tough kid then really hardworking. And I remember seeing him, you know, have uh, success in competition. And then like all kids have the challenges and mm-hmm. the, and the losses and, mm-hmm. and the emotions of kids oh, when yeah. they lose. And, <laughs> and uh, I remember that and I was an adult. So, you know, he, but he handled it. He picked him up, picked himself up. And uh, man, his first fight was awesome. It was very impressive. Yes, and it was great to see it come together. And, 
and congrats on him winning the district uh, in regionals. Yeah, yeah, in regionals. Yeah, third in state. Yeah, in state. Yeah, that's great, man. So his next fight, um, we're looking for December. I'm trying to balance it out. Uh, obviously, he's 17. He's still in high school, so we're trying to kind of pace him along the way. But um, he had his first fight with uh, Fury and Eric Garcia. Really loved Eric and that promotion, and excited to get back in there with those guys. And thank you. I mean, you you were an instrumental part in helping develop him and his. Uh, jiu-jitsu skills and uh, we've always appreciated everything that that you you bring to the table and who you are as a man as well so we appreciate you appreciate it man well yes, thank you for today uh very insightful stuff great lessons and um i appreciate it man one other piece of advice sure i would encourage any of you guys who are trying to get ahead in business specifically or really any of the goals you have in life is minimize your social media time <laughs> just saying I know that's hard. I know that's ingrained into our society today, but it's hard to really build um, something big for yourself if half your time you're caught up on what everybody else is doing. Uh, I heard something this week, and the reason I'm saying this is it really stuck out to me. Uh, it's a guy who's, who's very successful, uh, and he said, I've never met a person who gossips who's rich. Right. So if somebody who's all about everybody else's business all the time and everything going on, I'm not saying you can't have it here and there, but it really is something that in our society today, it's become all consuming. Uh, and, you, and, and at the end of the day, your time is your most valuable asset. So uh, I would say try to focus less on what everybody else is doing and give a little more focus to what you're doing. Um, and not just that selfie with the motivational quote. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but because that's hard to do. <laughs> but but really, really, just be less about talking about it, more about doing it. Just make things happen with your actions. So thank you, Professor. Pre appreciate Words you. Words of wisdom. And on that note, be sure to like and share this video. <laughs> <laughs> thank you, that sir. Was good. Yes, sir. <laughs>